Well, we're here this afternoon or this morning with this lovely International Women's Day, and I have the lovely Azita with me. Well, I would not even begin, in, I don't know where to start with the interview because, Azita, you have been such an inspiration to many Thank women. You. And um, we are now neighbours up the road at Balcom Heights Estate with the wonderful um, shed that you have. But Women's Day, here we are. We've heard all about your story. What really inspires you to do the things you do? Well, I'm, I'm a human. Right. Okay, and, and the human nature is to help others. And I find that along my journey to be able to continue to be to be happy, giving is was part of the story as you heard, and um, to inspiring other women. It's my passion. It's it's my it's my mission. It's my vision. I'm born to do that, and um, I, I love it when I when I be able to change lives because I've been there in the place of darkness and pain and suffering. So I know exactly what people are going through and I would love to I would love to change that for others. I, I think that's important when you've actually lived the experience that you're talking about and now you live in the change and seeing other people change through that. What I admire you most about, um, I've heard you speak many times about what you've done and you've kind of even given up your hairdresser for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find that? Okay, it's look. I, I'm a hairdresser. I've always been a hairdresser when I was a child, seven years old. I was playing with hairs, and but I was doing. Well, your hair looks gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I believe hair. It's it's play a big role in your everyday, day to day. You know, you wake up, you have a bad day, you will have a bad day. You have, you wake up, you have a good day, you will have a good day. Good. Yes, yes. Sometimes, sometimes. But I I understand the important of how your look is empower you and to to give that to homeless people to make them look better immediately makes them feel better. I sit there with the people that walk into my hair salon all the time. They walk in a person like with shoulders down and tough day or tired but when they do their hair and walks out they are a new person they empowered they happy they you know keep their heads up and that's exactly the same with homeless people absolutely and i think with an environment you work like a hairdresser that is a haven for sharing stories really getting to people's hearts and you have got the most infectious smile where you talk to everybody's heart to share oh thank you you know just part of your own journey and um, you say you have got two daughters. I have two beautiful girls, okay. yes. What is the one thing that you will say to them regularly to inspire them and to help them regularly? I always um, ask them to, 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 first of all, it's important to have a vision. Second of all, is to surround yourself with the people that they appreciate your vision and they are willing to, to, to jump on board and come with you. It's important to be in an environment that people are making you a better person. So, and, and aim high, aim high, because we all are very, very powerful. First, because we are women. Yes. And second, because we are, we are human. We have extreme power that if we tap into it, 
nothing can stop us. Um, so we're all ladies. How, um, looking forward, how optimist, optimistic or otherwise do you feel about women's role in society in general and in leadership? Very optimistic. Very. We have started. Yes. And if we, us women, start something, nothing can stop us. However, we do invite the men to join us in this journey. We can do it. We can do it ourselves. But if we have everybody's support, we're going to shoot to where we're going. Nothing can stop us anymore. That's it. We are on our way. We obviously, we cannot live one without the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even though, to hear you say that, what you've been through, being brought up 17 years old, married, and being abused, you still have that. Thank you. Thank you, Azita. Thank lovely you so much. You. It was lovely. We're going to hear more about your story as Thank you, thank you. I would love to see everyone joining me in Shining Light Foundation, helping the homeless people. Just just come with me and see for yourself because it's important to just go there and give them a hand, give them a smile, give them a hug. doesn't have to be anything, but Shining Light Foundation is going to be shining the light on those dark spots in our life and in our society. So I would love to see. I'd like to invite you to send us a little CSA, like a little 80 words. We can have a constant repeat of that announcement going on air every day. Oh my god! Thank you. That's great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hi, I'm Anne from Alive 925. Hi, how are you? Good, are you? Um, just wanted to ask you a few questions. You know, I listened to your uh, talk this morning, so it's really good. And, you know, how you're coming here today, it's really brilliant. Thank you. Um, is it um, when you started to be young? And um, so I know that um, I don't think it was an ambition to be a leader, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it certainly wasn't. My plan was to be the world's greatest medical researcher. Oh, okay. I actually wanted to find a cure to cancer. So I never planned on being in public life, having a high-profile leadership role in the community. But it was an opportunity that came along, council, running for council, being involved. So that's why I got involved. And I joined council because I wanted to have a say in the decisions that were made, because obviously it affects the area and affects the future of the area and what it's like going into the future. So I joined council wanting to have a say in the decisions that were made. But when I joined council, I never dreamt that I would end up being the mayor ever. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that would happen. And when I was first elected mayor in 2012, I had to make a decision between local government and medical research because I couldn't do both jobs and do both jobs well. So something had to go. So I actually gave away my career at that point to pursue my love for community and local government. So when you did um, the cancer research, was that through the council as well? No, it was through oh. the University of Technology, Sydney. So you did that first and then got a job with the council? Well, I ran for council in 2008, so at that point I was still in medical research. So when you're a councillor, you get an allowance, which is very small, so you can't live on it. So all councillors are working as well to support themselves. But when I was elected mayor, it changed. You get a little bit more money, but the role of mayor requires your full attention as well. You need to be able to give it pretty much 24 7. You can't do both and do both jobs well. So when I was elected mayor, I gave away medical research. Which is probably a bit sad, actually, isn't it? It's good as well to do medical research. I love medical research, you know, and I loved feeling like I was contributing to improving the lives of future generations. But medical research, as great as it is, was actually a perfect training ground for what I do now. So I still, in a way, 
has the opportunity to make a difference to community and to future generations. It's just a completely different industry. Yeah, but that's good. It's nice that you started off that way as well, you know. So that's really good. Um, and then how would you describe what leadership is? What, like, what makes it effective leadership? I think being an effective leader is having a vision and being able to bring people along with you. So you really want people to get on board with you, you want them to understand the vision and you want them to come with you. So you don't want to drag people kicking and screaming with you, but you want them to come with you and I think that's important leadership. I think also, you know, delegation as well in terms of giving people opportunities and things to do as well and opportunities to grow in, into a role of a leader as well. And I think it's also about being available and being genuine and, and real with people. Yeah, well, I think so. Because you look up to leaders, don't you? You do. There's no bullying, it's just a leader, somebody you look up to. And do you think being a leader is a different experience for women than it is for men? I think so, in some regards. I think you know, leadership, whether you're male or female, is, is hard at times, particularly in politics. It's not an easy road at all. But I think it's made more difficult for women by the fact that you know they're generally the, the primary caregivers. You know, they're the ones responsible generally for raising the family as well. And I think that makes it difficult because you're torn between two worlds. You know, you've torn between, in my case, you know, being the best mayor I can, and obviously spending time with my children as well. So you've got that internal conflict going on as well. And you can have the balance. It is possible, but it's a hard balance to strike. Whereas often men don't have to worry about that balance so much. No, because they can know that you're at home looking after the child and they Yes. Go. But even if they're looking after the children, there's, there's still that, there's something about women that have to do sort of that extra little bit, I think, mm. sometimes as well. You know, even though the men are fantastic and they do absolutely for us. You know, yes. I know I've got a fantastic husband that does a lot, you know, so... But still, I think there's still that woman that has to do sort of that last extra... It is, and you know, women and up spending more time with the kids than, than men and all those sorts of things. I think it's harder too for women because in terms of their um, career progression as well because they take time out to raise family, to raise the kids and all those sorts of things. So it kind of puts you a little bit behind the eight ball compared to men who don't have to take time out to raise kids and that sort of thing. So that makes it tricky for women as well. And that's not really going to change It's always going to be no, that's true, but I think it's about you know, creating more flexible work, work, work environments that do cater for women who do have kids and want to raise kids as well. And you know, women have a lot to bring to the table, you know, especially um, working mums as well. When you think about it, they're running households, they're running household budgets and all those sorts of things. There's something for them to contribute, absolutely, but it's, it's trying to make workplaces and especially politics, more flexible, so women can and will participate more. Yeah, I think in this day and age we can be more flexible. It doesn't have to be a nine-to-five job, you know, because with internet and um, phones and everything, everything is around any time of the day now, isn't it? That's true. Like it used to yes. be, everything is yes. nine-to-five, everybody was home at five o'clock. I end up doing a lot of work after my kids have gone to bed. Because you can. Yes, you can, yeah. that's right. And what are some of the challenges you face? I think striking striking that balance between um, family life and being a leader, I think that's a challenge. I think there's still challenges around um, gaining respect as a female leader. There's still a perception that you know politics in particular is still a boys' club. I think it's trying to break through that, so that can be a 
a challenge as well. And I think for women as well, it's um, it's being confident and realising that you can do these things, you can break through the glass ceiling. Whereas a lot of women doubt themselves, they're not confident, they don't feel they can do it, they don't think that they've got the abilities and skills to be a leader when really they do. So I think it's all about empowering women and giving them confidence to realise, hang on a second, I can be a leader in my community. Yeah. Mm. Because most people are leaders, they just don't think they are. You know, they lead by teaching others, you know, that's a good leader. Absolutely. Yeah. Very true. And um, how do you manage to find a work-life balance? You know, what tips and tricks do you have apart from a fantastic husband? <laughs> I have an awesome husband. I have a very supportive network of friends and family that assist me. But it is difficult to strike a balance so I tend to try and work uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and push everything into those three days when my kids are at preschool. Thursdays, Fridays, I try and spend at home with the kids and my role is, uh, a lot of it is admin so I can do that from home. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So today obviously is a Friday. <laughs> I will go home and spend time with my kids today. But it's finding that balance. Exactly right. It's finding that balance. So if I don't spend time with my kids on the Thursday or Friday, I'll say, right, I'm not going to work on Saturday and Sunday or next Monday or whatever and try and find that balance with the kids. So very lucky I've got a flexible role where I can do that. I can determine my own hours and obviously based on the community and what their needs are as well. I can, can make it work. Make it work. Yeah. Good. And then, what advice would you give to your younger self about surviving and succeeding as a woman? Jeez, <laughs> my younger self. <laughs> Be confident, believe in yourself, and and realize that you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. And don't let anyone tell you or make you feel any differently. And don't let anyone make you feel that you have nothing to offer just because you're young. Yeah. 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 And then looking forward, how optimistic do you feel about women's roles in society in general and in leadership? I think it's changing. I think attitudes are changing. I think once upon a time, uh, women were either um, home wives or they were career women. You couldn't do both. But now attitudes in community are changing in that people respect women who do both. You can do both. So I think there's definitely a change. I still think we need more women in politics, especially in state and federal, and even in local government. So <laughs> we need more women there to Absolutely, yeah, definitely. If I can do it, anyone can do it, honestly. Just need more women to give it a go. Yeah, and I think it's that initial step. You know, you've just yes. got to, everyone's got to do yes. that step. Oh, know? absolutely. And, you know, step out of your comfort zones. When I first joined council, I was completely out of my comfort zone. But, you know, you take the opportunities that come along and you learn a lot and grow a lot. Well, I'm out of my comfort zone. <laughs> you do a fantastic job. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Michelle Bryan, and um, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Hello, man. I'm Sue Hira. Yes. yes. Um, to welcome to International Women's Day. I mean, we are women, so we're talking about women's stuff, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. I think it's a great opportunity to reflect and think about where the journey is and where it needs to go. And the, it's still going. Absolutely. Yes, well, we hope so. <laughs> so I've just got a couple of questions for you. Sure. When you started it out in your career, were you always um, your ambition to be a leader? Well, actually, no. No? No. <laughs> I never thought about leadership at all. Um, just, I guess, started along my career and uh, just wanted to strive and achieve and do my best. 
Um, and then I guess uh, as I got into more about leadership development, I started to really understand what it meant. Uh, and I still don't think that one thinks I want to go and be a leader. Um, I think you just get in and start following your passion and your purpose, and that's what I feel really gets you there. Being a leader is a passion, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Like it just automatically becomes something if you're passionate and you have a purpose in life. Yes. Yes, well then you start to impact others, you start to influence and inspire and I guess that's what leadership is. Yeah, exactly. And how would you describe what leadership is? What makes a good effect? Yeah, so just the things we said I said really. (laughs) It's just basically um, I I think it's that ability then to impact and influence, you know. You You can be passionate and work in your own space but I think it's once you start to really um, want to see change and want to really impact others and impact the environment or whatever it is your passion um, that's when you start to be a change maker and that's what I feel leadership really is about is, is wanting to you know set things apart and do things differently yeah shaking it up shaking up <laughs> as we do we like to shake things up don't we and what do you think your different experiences are for a woman and for a man do you think there's I mean we all know there is a difference but is it a huge difference yeah, look, it's a great question. I think it depends where you are and what sphere you're working in. I mean, I came from the corporate world, um, and I feel it's it's really more... Uh, it, it, in some ways, it's more challenging uh, because you are competing with men and there's a perception and, you know, the glass ceiling and all of that. Um, but now that I'm out on my own and I'm working much more in community and consulting, I, I just feel so much more empowered. I make my decisions. I choose what I want to choose, and I affect the you know the places I want to affect. So I think, um, yeah, depends where you are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what are, who are some of the ro- uh, women role models that have inspired you? You know, that's a good question too because there's a lot of great women role models out there. But one particularly has to be Malala Yousafzai who is... Only because I went to her show, but only because she's so young. She comes from a totally different background. She was never someone who said, Oh, I want to wake up one day and be a leader. It was thrust upon her, and it was really her resolve and her resistance, and how she absolutely managed to work through all of that and build her resilience and now take it, take up the cause very passionately uh, for educating and standing up for the education of women. So she's a fantastic leader, and it came naturally to her, and it, and it, it was thrust upon her really and she rose to the occasion I, I kind of like that and I, you wonder still if, if those circumstances hadn't happened to her mm. she probably would still be a leader you know because you just don't know do you but yeah. she may not have needed those circumstances to be a good leader yeah, yes, it's interesting because I studied leadership and uh, often there's this debate about, you know, does a circumstance make you a leader or enable you? Or, you know, it's the Mandela's as well. Would he have ever been a leader had he not been in that circumstance? And did he? And he took up the mantle and, and fought for a cause that he passionately believed in. So, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to answer. But I think, again, it's linked to passion and purpose. Purpose, that's yeah. right. That's right. And what advice would you give to your younger self about surviving and succeeding as a woman in leadership? I think it's just be authentically yourself and don't be afraid, don't be apologetic, don't have to make excuses. 
I find, and I did this myself very much uh, growing up, was wanting to fit in and, and therefore apologising for who I am or toning down my personality or whatever it is or, you know, having to be what other people expect you to be. I would say just be yourself and... I think a lot of young women are like that and young men too. Yeah. But I think they are, you know, that they get pushed down all the time and instead of just going, no, I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, that self-belief needs to come early. Yeah. And then looking forward, how optimistic do you feel about women's roles in society in general? Um, you know, I have to be very optimistic. I am an optimistic person and I work in the space where I'm really trying to create those waves of change. Um, I do feel optimistic though, particularly when you see so many men supporting it. I think it has to be a societal issue. Absolutely. It has to be a societal issue. It has to be systemic. It can't just be a few women trying to, you know, affect change. It has to be much bigger than that. And I think people are taking up the cause. Unfortunately, we're still hearing that there's, you know, a lot of violence against women and all those are still in play, but uh, I, I remain optimistic. You know, we'd like to totally stop Yeah. Yeah, and I think working, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors, mental health and, you know, all sorts of stresses and anxieties that people have, but I think as we start to work more with youth, it's the next generation, so I'm thinking that we'll have to start to affect those changes. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking with me. Thank you. Chat again soon. I hope so. Thanks very much. So we can edit. Okay. That's good. I can say silly things and get away with it. It's not yet. Okay. Um, On a wonderful day like Women's Day, we do need the men around as well. And I have the lovely James Wiltshire um, from Aveo, who's actually part of the Aveo group. And he's involved with bringing people into this beautiful facility. Good afternoon, James. Good morning. It's still good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. How did you enjoy this lovely morning? Um, I thought this was a fantastic morning. I thought the speakers were inspiring. Some of the stories we heard today, men, women, children need to be hearing some of these stories more and more often because I think they won't just inspire you in your professional life I think what they do is they inspire you in your community life and at the end of the day that's what really touched home with me and it's really why we're here exactly. about community yeah and, and talking about that certainly Aveo this facility this is probably my third event here of different sorts how involved is Aveo with bringing the community and what do you open this up to what do you open it up to yeah so uh, from an adventure point of view, Avea has 93 communities nationally, 13,000 residents across the country, but we're still very new to the Hills area, and so it presents some challenges, but also some wonderful opportunities, and today's about the opportunity, it's about saying, you know what, we have this wonderful building, this beautiful facility, come in, use it, see what we have to offer, but more importantly, tell us your story, and then we'll tell you ours in return, we'll tell you about the care that we can provide, we'll tell you about the services that we have on offer. We'll even introduce you to some of our residents who are good enough to be here today and were fantastic. But more importantly, it's our way of getting to know your community group. So today it was the the Sunrisers Rotary. But it's also about letting them get to know us as well. Right, and I think the more people you bring in, the more the news gets out there that the way has this facility available. And and what I like, and as we were talking earlier, is 
what you bring in here can actually bring the, the residents along as well. Yeah. So is that one of your uh, the criteria in putting an event on? Is that the, the residents aren't impacted in a negative way, but that they can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So when we're looking to put on a, a function or event, we've got a great team run by the community manager out here, Emma, and we're always conscious about making sure what we put on is something that the residents would enjoy. Um, at the end of the day, we're providing a home to them first and foremost. And we need to be mindful and cognizant about the fact that this is very much their home. This community area is the extension of their home. So it's their bigger living room, their entertainer's <laughs> living room. So from our point of view, it's making sure that we're not taking that for granted. But we're finding interest groups. We're finding community groups. We're finding you know, little pockets of gold in the Hills Shire and bringing it into our village and saying to the residents, we think you'd enjoy this, come along. Yes, yes. Yeah. What, what astounds me is the fact that you say over 55. Yep, yep. I'm almost there. <laughs> not, you, you look like you're well and truly not there yet. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there's actually a better life for me after this. Absolutely. This is amazing. Yep. And I mean, like it's the first of its kind in the Hills. Mm. And while we talk only of the hills, I'm sure it's bringing people in from other areas. Yeah. You know, like when you retire, when we go from Sydney, we say we water change. Mm. Have you had residents come in here from outside of Sydney? Uh, between you and I, there's a rumour we might be having someone coming in from the Gold Coast that Emma's meeting today. But we predominantly what you find is you get folk from the local area within that 5 to 10 kilometre radius. So we really are targeting that hills market and around where we are and, and we really focus on becoming part of the hills. But then we've got residents that move from north coast, south coast and other areas as well. And I think the reason for that is they see that when they move to Avaya Bella Vista they're connected with a lot of things that you know a lot of other communities don't offer. You've got the Woolworths across the road, the hospital up the road. When the rail opens, that is going to be fantastic for the area, but also for this village in which we're in. And we're really about creating a vibrant community. So Avea is really driving that vibrant community space with the care as the safety net. And if you can do that in, a, in an area like this, in a facility like this, with the proximity to the amenities and the services and all the things that are at your doorstep, we really think we're unmatched in this area with what we have to offer. Absolutely. I mean, as a radio station, we know there's a lot of community yep. sport or fun or family. Yep. And you've located yourself in a strategic position because you're kind of not on the outskirts, but in a place where it's a through road. Because most people will drive past and go, what is that? Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's those inquiring minds that will drive in and go, oh, wow. Do you find a lot of people from outside actually just popping in? I, for number one, came past one day and said, what if the coffee shop is open? Yep. How is that going? I mean, is that open during the day to public yet? Yeah, so we're working on that at the moment. Um, the big thing for us downstairs is we've actually got some retail space at the moment um, that we've got um, Alex from Taylor Nichols looking at the moment and his team. So they're at the moment out there and we're actually starting to get a lot of inquiry from food service businesses and the like. So I'd really say watch this space. Uh, but yeah, we are blessed in the sense that we do have an in-house catering operation. We've got a wonderful chef. So that's what makes days like today possible. Uh, and the next goal for us is how do we turn that open to the public? And it all comes together with a great team. Seems, I mean, I met Emma the first time I came. Yeah. She's a lovely yeah. and we've got wonderful people in there. And uh, it certainly feels welcoming. Really. Uh, all, all I can say is, in my role, I'm absolutely blessed yes. to have uh, a lady like Emma Foster. She's an absolute credit to 
community managers in any retirement village, not just a vote any retirement village across the country. She's an absolute credit. Her team is a credit. Um, Ashley, who does the sales here on a day-to-day basis, she's an absolute credit. And I think what they've done very, very quickly in a very short period of time is create a real family environment with the staff and with the residents that um, I think really sets Vaya Bill Vista off to be a, a leader of retirement living, not just in hills but across Australia. Well, I've enjoyed my morning. I think it was lovely. The breakfast was even better. So thank you for having us, Alive 90.5, and all the others. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. We are, there's rumour that we've got a fashion show coming up, so watch this space. Okay. Well, I might put something out to the radio station and say, guys, we need an event. Let's go to a bay. Welcome to come along. Anytime. Nice to chat to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming along. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>